0: Hey, beautiful friend. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to the Arms to the Heart podcast. I'm Megan Gephardt. If you don't know me, um, and if you are back, then welcome back. So, today we are going to be diving into some critical foundations that we need to really focus on before pursuing our big goals in this new year or just in the pursuit of those big goals. This is so important because if we don't do these things, if we don't focus on them, if we don't have that strong base first, we are going to end up burnt out, constantly depleted, always overwhelmed, or just end up sacrificing what matters most in the pursuit of those goals or success. And none of us want that. And so if you're listening to this podcast, I know you're a giver. You likely give so much of yourself to everyone else and all that you do, but you may feel like sometimes your own tank is pretty much empty or that you're always running on fumes. And so if that's you, before we pursue those big goals and dreams, we need or focus on what we you know really want to achieve or make an impact on We need to make sure we have this foundation in place so we can sustainably give of ourselves to the people around us and to the mission that God has for us. And many times we don't know how to build this infrastructure. Nobody's ever taught it. And I know for me, I was living for so long in a place where I was constantly burnt out. I was constantly depleted and exhausted and stressed and overwhelmed. And I was in many different ways without even realizing that there was a different way sacrificing What was most important to me, namely my family and my ability to be present with them, my own mental health, my relationship with God, and even some of those aspects of my relationship and my marriage. And so it doesn't have to be that way. We have to have this ground beneath us first, and we're going to build from that. So you ready to dive in? Let's do this. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gapheart. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God, let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms As sisters in Christ. All right. So what happens when we don't build this foundation and have this sort of infrastructure kind of at the ground level of our life first? So let me just ask you some questions. Have you ever felt like you are running on survival mode? You're falling, always falling behind, or you're just drowning, trying to keep up in motherhood, everything on your plate. You're feeling so much pressure to do it all. And you're feeling so alone in all of that. Like you can never catch a break. You've never got time for yourself. You feel like you're failing as a mom, as a wife, you're falling short in your work. You're wondering if it is really possible actually to be a great mom and to be a great, whatever it is that you do, whether it's, you know, a a leader or a business owner, a soldier, any of those things, an athlete even, or a great wife, because you worry your husband is getting, just getting leftovers of you after everything else, because how demanding work is, how demanding the children are. You're trying so hard to hold it all together on the outside. And maybe things look like they're going well on the outside, but inside you just feel like a wreck, a mess. You're always stressed. You're always overwhelmed. You're always anxious. You're super depleted. You're running a million miles an hour, but you're just running on fumes. And you're like, this is not the life that I envisioned. But at the same time, you're trying not to be resentful towards your husband and even your children. Maybe you've got so many blessings in your life and everything, everything again might look good. And you're like, this is everything I could have ever wanted, but it just doesn't feel good. You know, I. I feel like I want to have it all but I'm also like I kind of already do have it all. I might be doing it all and maybe people are like, "Wow, you're really superwoman. You really are doing it all. How do you do it all?" But you're like, "I just feel like I'm failing every single day." And it's a painful way to live. And I know this well because this was me too. And so if any of that you if any of that is resonating with you and feels like it's striking a chord then I just want you to know, first and foremost, you are not alone. And I think this is so many of us, but we feel so isolated in it. We feel so isolated in the struggle. And the worst part is how much of a failure we feel like. We feel like there's some, there must be something wrong with me. You know, we're, we're just drowning in everything on our plate, but we're also drowning in the constant guilt and shame on top of the load of everything we're managing, all the things we're responsible for, right? It's such a painful place to be. And so if that's you, then this this really is speaking into that. And so it's not, it's useless almost to look at like, what are our big dreams and goals? If we, if we don't have that foundation to where that's not our reality on a day-to-day basis, because I think the reality is so many of us mothers, so many of us, you know, mothers who serve or who are trying to, you know, work full-time or even work part-time or build a business in the margins of your motherhood, whatever your, your, you know, situation looks like in your motherhood, so many of us are there. And even just with the societal expectations that are put on us. And so. I just want to speak into that with these eight steps today that, she, that we can really focus on building the foundation in. These are the kind of critical pieces of our foundation that we should be focusing on. Again, to lay the groundwork for the work that God has called us to, the mission that he calls us to in our motherhood and beyond. So I'm not the kind of person who settles. I know you probably aren't either. And I know God has called me to motherhood. If you're here, if you're a mother, or if you're entering motherhood, wherever you are in your motherhood, he's called you to that as well. And I also knew that he has called me to military service and and to start a business, to grow this business, to have this be my ministry and to make an impact through it. And so you probably have very similar place where you feel a sense of duty and a sense of this is my calling, but you also know you're called to motherhood. And at this point in my Early stages of motherhood, when I was really in the thick of all of this—drowning um, place and burnout and all of that—I was still locked into another few years of service commitment. So I really had no way out, but I felt so trapped. And I knew that God had given me my drive to pursue excellence in all the things that I do, and and had given me certain gifts for a reason. I, but I was so frustrated because I was like, it feels impossible to give a hundred percent, to give my best to both my family and my work and someone was always going to get the leftovers of me. If the army had its way, it would always come first. It would take everything from me. My family would always get the leftovers, and I was like, that's not how I want to live. I want to get my family first, and I don't want them to bear the cost of my service, and so many of us probably feel that, you know, and it was so easy to feel trapped in that. I wanted to trust that God had me where he had me for a reason, that he placed me in both my unit that I was in, in that environment, in a combat arms unit, very early on in my motherhood, constantly in the field, um, in field training and going away from my baby, apart from my husband for the majority of my first year and a half of motherhood. But I also didn't necessarily understand why he had me where I was because there was so much pain in that. It was, it was such a struggle why he was allowing me to go all through that, you know? And I felt this restlessness in my heart of, This doesn't feel right, but then there's also something missing, and I kept feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit, like, there should be more to life than this, than this constant feeling of guilt and shame, and, like, I'm failing, and, like, you know, I'm never measuring up in any area of my life, like, I'm not being the mother that I want to be, I'm not able to be who I want to be in service, but I know there's more than that. I knew that God's plan for motherhood wasn't meant to be easy, but it was meant to be joyful. And I had those fleeting moments of joy, of purpose, but I was also trying to manage so much, like so much of my mental and emotional physical energy was spent on just trying to keep my own head above the water, you know, let alone like pouring myself out, of course, for my family and for my baby and for my work and all, all of those things. I couldn't actually enjoy my family. I couldn't actually be present in any of it because the tug of all of these things is always weighing on me. And I also desperately needed to rest, but that felt so elusive and impossible to find. Rest felt like the last thing I could afford to do with all the directions I was pulled in and never feeling like I had enough time to keep up with all of it. So when I finally did rest, because of course, you know, our bodies and our minds are going to force us to rest at some point in time before we just break down or when we do break down, right? Right when we do find rest, we can't sometimes actually rest because we're anxious resting. It stresses us out more and we feel guilty resting or taking any time to do that because there's always way more things that need to be done, right? So it's just this constant guilt, shame, anxiety, overwhelm, whatever it might be, that was just underlying the whole entire experience of military motherhood early on. And I was like, this, I do not feel like this is what God intended, you know? And so it was this silent suffering that i was experiencing that i know so many of us experience but we feel so alone in because we don't talk about it often enough it's this sort of quiet desperation i knew my family deserved more i knew i could give more than this i wanted to feel like myself again to get to get my spark back again to find myself again in motherhood and in you know my purpose i wanted so badly to believe that more was possible And that it was possible to be good at both, to be great at both. And that God had given me those desires and dreams and this call over my life to be both a mother and a soldier and a leader in the army for a reason. Even though I didn't know how or if it'd be possible to be successful in both while also making sure that I was keeping my family first, that I was keeping Christ at the center of my life and honoring and staying true to my priorities and my faith and values. So I felt so stuck where I was and I was just looking around me and was like, I don't even have anybody to turn to. Nobody else around me was like, I had very few women in my unit at all, like basically no mothers that I was serving with in my infantry battalion. And I felt so alone I did not have a village and, or a like-minded community. I was just longing to feel like I wasn't alone. Like I was seen, I was supported. Um, I wanted to be supported But I was also afraid to admit that I needed support because it made me feel like a failure needing help or less of a mom in some way or less of a leader if I couldn't handle and manage it all on my own, like I thought everybody else was doing, you know? So if I just want to start off by just being really real with you, because I don't think, again, we don't talk about these things often enough. So if you feel any of these things too, you are not alone. And we're going to talk about where to begin. That's what today is all about. So before we you know, dive headfirst into, and I, you've probably already been diving headfirst into goal setting in a more traditional sense, but I, I want to make sure that we are also giving more space to be able to experience more hope in the dreams and the plans that God has for us. So we have to build that foundation to pull you out of this place if that's where you're at or to prevent you from continually going back there, you know, because even even in those stages where I was moving out of burnout and I was moving closer to where I am now, I was still like all of my tendencies were to go back there constantly for different reasons so this is how we can prevent that so we're going to go through eight eight things today i want you to really focus on here um, that i think are are bedrock foundational to prevent us from running on empty um, constantly burnt out depleted and so that's where we're going to begin so we're going to start with looking at number one our what are our non-negotiables what are our basic needs that need to be met And this might sound super simple because it is super simple, but it's really hard in practice, right? And especially as mothers, our own physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health often takes a back seat to making sure our kids are okay and they're thriving on a day-to-day basis, right? And especially when our kids are so young, when they're so demanding, like constantly even just, you know hanging and pulling on you and nursing all the time and through through the night you know you're so sleep deprived because you're up 8 times a night with your little baby and your toddler who still needs you through the night too so like I get it that's that is so hard so what we have to focus on here is anchor routines and rhythms of rest we have to address our burnout in very practical ways so we have to take those little steps to prioritize our mental our emotional our spiritual health and our physical health because those little things will amount to big ways that we show up to them it makes a big difference the unfortunate truth is that we can't give what we don't have we can only for a certain amount of time and then it's just not going to be sustainable and we are going to fall apart and i've been there more times than i would care to admit you know and and only for a certain amount of time can we do that before we snap so what who's going to pay the price of us ultimately giving from depletion it's going to be the people that we love the most it's going to be our families and our marriages, like our kids and our husbands are going to suffer because of that. Um, in addition to us suffering, of course. So we have to move out of the survival mode and form habits and ways of being and thinking and the things that we are, are actually giving ourselves time for in our busy schedules when we're pulled in a lot of directions so that we are valuing ourselves enough to set those boundaries to say, you know, to be humble enough to ask for and receive the support that we need in maybe our mental and emotional health to make sure that we are proactive in carving out space for prayer and making sure that that is a non-negotiable in our life, to make sure that exercise or some form of life-giving movement, whatever's appropriate for you in this season, is a priority for you. And to push back against so much of the societally imposed suffocating pressure to do it all and to do it all perfectly. Because none of us can do it all. When, When we think of what it all means, we have to also define that. And I think that's a really good step that we can take uh, because we are it's going to set us up for failure and make us feel like we're failing in all of it if we feel like we have to do it all and do it all perfectly all the time. And one of the amazing mamas that I had the honor of connecting with this week as part of my market research, and if you want to be part of this, if you want to have a conversation with me and just share what's on your heart, I would love to hear and to continue to pour into you in those places in my podcast. So the things you're struggling with, the things that you would um, love to see, like your your goals, your dreams, your vision, and what's holding you back from that, I want, I want to hear that because I want to pour into you in those ways. So if you want to set that call up with me, I'm going to give you. A compensation for your time and a Starbucks gift card. I want you to be able to take, you know, have that as a, a gift and a thank you. But please go ahead. I have a couple more slots this week, so please reach out to me at MeganAtArmToTheHeart.com if you want to schedule that, and we can schedule. It can be just 15 minutes of your time. We've actually, it's been beautiful. The ladies that I've talked with have been so generous with their time, and we just were loving the conversation so much that we continued a little bit further. But it, it does not matter. It can just be 15 minutes, and I just want to hear what's on your heart. So go ahead and schedule that if if that's um, something that you want to do, or you can go ahead and take my survey. Um, to take two minutes of your time Uh, and that could either be anonymous or if you want to be entered to win a Starbucks gift card then you can also put your email in there so I can get back to you if you are the winner so that's the first thing okay going back to this one one step one we need to look at those non-negotiables of our our day-to-day our week how are we taking care of ourselves in the little ways we cannot we, we cannot neglect that because it will cause us to neglect the things that are most important at the end of the day all right, and I was even just having this conversation with a fellow small business owner who she felt like there were there was a misalignment, and she had to really take that step back and reevaluate because she was really trying to squeeze in work and all of the margins of her time free time that she had because she wanted to be present with her kids and not take that time that she was that her kids really needed her. So she was like, okay, all these other times that these little tiny times of nap time of you know evening time before bed and Like any other early morning time, those times were all being dedicated to work so she could get as much done and be as productive as possible. But then she's like, okay, but my mental health and emotional health are suffering. My marriage is suffering. I'm not exercising. And she was really feeling the the weight of that in anxiety and depression. And so that's just a simple example, but so many of us go through that and we're so far from alone in it, but we feel alone, but we have to relook at those non-negotiables. So define what your non-negotiables are. Literally put a little tracker, you know, this is something I did early postpartum, which helped me tremendously. Put a little tracker on your fridge or somewhere you see every single day and have a little tiny checkbox. If you're a person who likes to check things off a list like I do and makes you feel accomplished, this can be great because even just like have a glass of water before you have a cup of coffee, Um, take your, take your, daily vitamins. I honestly believe every mom should probably be taking prenatal vitamins. Um, Whether or not you are going to become pregnant is just, or if you're postpartum, we're so nutritionally depleted oftentimes. So that can be really helpful. Um, So I had my vitamins on there. I had my glass of water. I had a nutritious breakfast. I really wanted to start the day off strong with breakfast, no matter what. uh, Because, you know, as you're managing newborn life, especially, it's really hard to get in meals. And so I was like, at least I want to make sure I have a good breakfast. And then I also had, um, I put on there a goal of at least like Two really solid um nutritious meals a day when I was postpartum, but I, I would aim for more than that, of course, if you're um in not in that stage. But definitely looking at what are the ways that you are entering into prayer time with the Lord and you just have that time carved out to listen and to hear how does he want to speak to you, how does he want to remind you of your identity and just resting in him. That's so critical. We have to slow down enough to do that. So carving out the space for that. Um, making sure that I'm doing some things that fill my cup as well. So one of the things for me is like I always love to learn and to grow and one way that I feel like my cup gets filled is to either receive mentorship or be in community with other women who lift me up and support me and then to be able to do the same in return. So that was part of mine um, in my day-to-day and then beyond that it was it was just my rehab exercises and if I was early postpartum or exercise Um, and Or I would put in a rest day. If I want to take an intentional rest and recovery day, that would be on there too. So that's for me. Those are my non-negotiables, you know. And this was a time when I was stationed apart from my husband. So like he wasn't quite as much of a part of that. But I would also be, of course, talking to him on the phone and, you know, connecting with him during the day as well. So like that connection point with him was really important. And then not written on there is like everything else that I'm doing for everyone around me you know pouring myself out for my baby or pouring myself out in my work and all of those other things that of course we're doing managing our home but I'm talking about the non-negotiables of how you take care of yourself Right, So we can't neglect that amidst everything else because everything else will fall apart if we're neglecting this. So that's the very first thing I just want to really reinforce to you. And this is something we always look at and we relook at over and over again because we always have to reevaluate this. This is like a cyclical reiterative thing. We want to reevaluate it in every season of life. And so we always look at this in my group coaching community and we come back to it often um, because oftentimes our struggles are a source of losing sight of those non-negotiables. All right. Number two is to examine, be willing to examine your underlying subconscious beliefs. We oftentimes have these, this is what I mean by this. We oftentimes have these sort of manuals for how things should be and what we should be doing. And that is driving so much guilt and shame and feelings of failure that are actually unnecessary for us to hold on to. It's driving more more resentment. We're losing hope. And so I want to give you a couple example beliefs. First belief is that I often see in the women that I coach an idea that or this sort of ideal of what we have to do to be a good mom, and then one of the the narratives that I see sometimes that I really feel very passionate about countering, and just speaking truth into is this idea, this false belief that we have to put our dreams on hold or let them die because of motherhood, or that it's we feel like it's selfish, or we have guilt about having our own dreams or even having our own needs sometimes, um, and we feel like we have to suppress them, whether it's our dreams or our needs or our, our desires, we feel like. Parts of us are being lost, and we're trying to find ourselves again. And so much of uh, of motherhood, yes, it's it's full of sacrifice. You know, our time is no longer our own. I was just talking with one of my best friends, who's about to get married, and she was talking about you know some of her intentions for this year of, of really you know, being able to go to, um, church more often, go to confession and adoration more often, just be poured into by the Lord and to make sure she is taking care of herself in all these different ways. And when she was just talking about it, I was kind of laughing and, you know, I, we talked about this as well too, just how different our lives are because I, I can't do those things. I, I just don't have the freedom to be like, I want to go and, spend you know hours at church and in prayer time because my life just looks different and so how can I offer all of my motherhood as a form of prayer and and my work and all these things that do take my day-to-day time how can I offer that as a form of prayer back to the Lord because my time is not my own and her time is not her own either but it's just different in different kinds of hardened and challenges but as mothers we're oftentimes trying to find ourselves again right because it's like so much of what the freedom that we might have once had, we don't quite have now. And it's not, it's, we have to acknowledge a sacrifice, but the gift is that we can make a gift of ourselves to our family and to the Lord through that. And, but I think one thing we can fall into is feeling like there's this, we just have to accept that we have to suppress our own desires for maybe for our family or for, um, to be a good mom, or this is, this is what we have to do to be a good mom. We can't dream because, Motherhood keeps putting it on the back burner. We downplay the importance of our own dreams. We feel like it's selfish to have those those things. But then we feel like the you the we the us we used to know is gone and parts of our identity are also being lost. But I believe that this is a lie that the enemy wants us to believe that's meant to destroy motherhood. And the world is going to dissuade us from being open to motherhood, being open to starting our family or growing our family. And especially when it's hard and those may be circumstances that it's hard or when it does require sacrifice. God wants us to be open to life and his will for our life. And that includes the, the timing and the way in which and all that it happens or it doesn't happen that we start and grow our families, I believe. And this is a very personal discernment. But and I'm going to talk about this more because I think it's really hard, especially in the military to discern this, but I really believe that the enemy wants to convince us that motherhood will be the death of our dreams and to cause fear and anxiety to cloud our ability to be receptive to God's will, to terrify us from being open to starting or growing our family because of either maybe the cost, or maybe we feel like it might be impossible to balance our career, or we're going to give up all of our dreams. We're going to be worried about the impacts it's going to have And so we've been conditioned in some ways to kind of think small. And we also have been conditioned that our desires, we're not allowed to have those desires of those dreams maybe. Or we have to suppress them. We have to retreat. And I really just want to tell you, choosing to have a family or being open to life and God's will in that, it doesn't mean giving up on your dreams. It doesn't mean giving up on your possibility to thrive too. And and when we lose sight of those non-negotiables of taking care of ourselves, that's when we fall into... Like okay, it feels impossible to thrive in motherhood, um, but this is a really big one. Just some of those narratives, and then on the other end of the spectrum, I think the devil can convince us to close us ourselves off to motherhood, um, or or the experience of motherhood that God wants for us, and it's this assault on our own worth because it's convincing us that we don't matter, that we aren't worthy of love, of appreciation of being taken care of, of being helped and of receiving help from others, that our gifts, our talents, our dreams are insignificant, that we don't have what it takes maybe to pursue dreams in motherhood in a godly way, in a, a holy way, that we can no longer make a difference in the world, that this lie that being a mother means that we can't contribute, that, it, that we can't make an impact anymore. But no matter where you are in your motherhood or in life, you are capable of far more than you believe because, not because of your own, just your own strength, yes, because you are capable of more than you believe in your own self, but also because God can do the impossible and he wants to work through you. You were born for such a time as this. You are irreplaceable and you play an important role in God's plan. And that includes through your motherhood and through what you're doing in your family. You are changing the world through your family and raising those beautiful babies, but you also are changing the world by your witness to motherhood. And maybe that's in a formal work setting, or maybe that's just in your community. The friends that you have, whoever it is, you are also witnessing God's plan through your own motherhood. And we want to be a source of hope for the people around us, right? If we're constantly depleted, we can't can't be that. And if we're constantly in that place like I was which you might be in this place too, this default place of constantly on reaction mode or survival mode, this hamster wheel of running a million miles an hour, trying to just keep up and having that drowning sensation like we can't catch our breath. We're feeling like we're, we're falling behind constantly. We're struggling to ask for help or know how to ask for the help that we need because we feel very alone and, and shame in it. We're just trying to you know keep up and prevent ourselves from breaking down or just on the edge of that, feeling so alone and just not wanting to live life like this, Right. But I don't believe God wants us to live life like this either. So we have to take responsibility for our, our lives and and allow God to show us what it looks like to design an intentional, meaningful life and create space to advocate for ourselves sometimes, to dig deep with the help of the Holy Spirit for what it is that I need to focus on so that I don't have to live by default. I don't have to live on accident, but I can live intentionally putting God first and following his will for my life by being in tune with those desires he has placed on my heart because he has placed those desires there my friend he knows all the desires of your heart so intimately even more than you do yourself you know and so we can design the extraordinary life with the lord that's not free of suffering by any means but that we are we are like continually expanding our faith and the faith of the people around us and what's possible with the lord Because other people and our families, our kids need the example of allowing God to love us radically and for that overflow of his love in our lives in our hearts to then be poured out to the people that we love. That's what he calls us to. So we first have to let God love us. So when we don't believe we're worthy of love or we have to earn the father's love for us, we have to prove ourselves by all the things that we're doing. I want you to, to continue to grow and seeing yourself more as God sees you because that is the beginning. You know, So we feel like we have to do all these things and be perfect and perform and please everyone and prove ourselves constantly through everything that we do, through what we produce, through our productivity, all that we achieve, through our bodies, through our appearance, through our homes, our work, our fitness, whatever it may be. But no, we don't. We don't. And God will continually remind us that if we turn and we fix our eyes to him and not to the world. So that beating ourselves up constantly in order to make progress in our goals, if we're doing that from a place of self-deprecation, of self-criticism constantly, we're not loving ourselves as God loves us. And we're not therefore able to love the people around us as God loves them as well and wants us to love them. So we have to just confront some of these beliefs that are often subconscious. They're very deeply ingrained, but we have to be willing to just take a look at them with the Lord. And he He will help us to, to kind of dig what needs to be dug um, and do so in a, in a gentle way as well. And I believe that God doesn't place these desires on our hearts that he doesn't intend to fulfill in, in one form or the other. You know, if as a mother, there's no more noble calling than the work that we do within the walls of our own home. There's nothing that matters more for eternity than that. But I also know that there's more to you than just being a mom, right? And I believe that if we don't have certain, you know, maybe passions or a community or something that fills us up to outside of motherhood, maybe it is our work could be our work or something that you do for enjoyment, some way that you're contributing outside of that too and also being poured into outside of that, then we won't be able to show up as the best mom that we can be. We start to grow resentful of our motherhood. We start to grow resentful of our children even or our husband and the way that he doesn't have to deal with all these things that we have to deal with or the invisible load we're carrying. We become you know, more deep in the weeds of anxiety and stress. We feel like parts of us are dying. And so it's this balance between placing, not placing our identity in our work or idolizing our work and not having the proper hierarchy of our calling and our vocation, because the reality is we are irreplaceable to our family, but we are completely replaceable in our jobs, but we're also, we don't want to neglect steward and share the gifts that God has given us. We don't want to be burying our talents in the sand, and we want to give it back to God, right, and allow him to work through us, and so examine those underlying beliefs that you have about what constitutes being a good mom and what that means about your dreams and your desires and your needs as well this will be a two-part episode so we'll pick back up with where we left off in the next one